This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women and men who've been champions. I'm Shelley and I'm Kathy. No topic is not allowed on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts, champions, and even celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. Weight gain is one of the concerns that so many women have throughout their lifetime. Losing weight can be a real battle, and it's one of the biggest frustrations for women. There are ways to maintain an ideal weight without tearing your hair out. There are things you need to know that no one's ever told you. David Greenwald, also known as Coach David, is a certified health coach and founder of the Leanness Lifestyle University. He's been coaching people from all different lifestyles and careers since 1987. His program helps people eliminate relapses and things like compulsive eating. He teaches about emotional fitness, which other weight loss programs don't. We have Coach David with us today, and we're eager to learn more. Welcome, David. Thank you for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to do the program. Oh, this we is... are too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially uh, with all the New Year's resolutions, I think weight loss is one of the things people want to work on. And it is so tough. People start out on a diet and a lot of people get on all kinds of different diets and then they stop. What are the things that people need to consider? And I guess before we start, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background and how you gained the insight and how to lick the weight gain game, if you will. (laughs) Sure. Um, So as far as I go, I've, for whatever reason in my DNA, I've been interested in fitness since I was a little kid and um, I've run various fitness businesses. I was a police officer. Grew up in a family. My dad was an electrician. My mom did secretarial work. So grew up, it's kind of very normal Midwest. And, but for whatever reason in my DNA, I've had a fitness in it from the sense of for my, for myself. And then as uh, one of the fitness companies that I uh, had started in the early nineties took off and it grew, um, I had, and the internet was just coming in. So Having a strong interest in fitness, I did competitive bodybuilding and powerlifting for a, a number of years in my 20s and 30s. I was a police officer then. Um, and as a powerlifter, I'm 5'10. And as a powerlifter, I got up to about 235 pounds. And, you know, in powerlifting, one of the thoughts is, you know, get as big as you can so that way you're stronger. And I did, you know, a pound bag of MMs was a pre workout. And so, Um, I got to the point though, where for myself personally, I just wasn't happy with where I was at anymore. And I said, I've got to get this off. Well, um, having a fitness business, it wasn't, um, fitness business I have now, but it was a different fitness business. And I had, had a lot of clients, hundreds of thousands, in fact, because it was pre-internet then. And so in getting off my own, say 50 pounds of excess that I wanted to, I learned a lot and I, I've always come at things from an evidence-based perspective. So I was looking at various folklore things and just things that just didn't make any scientific sense to me. Long story short, I did it uh, from an evidence-based perspective. What I learned from that, I was able to bring to the early on clients that I had at the time in this other fitness business, because they were asking me, you know, if we can go back to when the internet first came in and email first started, that was amazing. Two-way communication. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I was able to, uh, people were able to ask me, Hey Dave, and I got this every day. Hey Dave, what do I need to do to lose 30 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever, and keep it off. And I was trying hard to answer those questions in an email, which I, you know, I kind of refer to now as back of the napkin bumper sticker, you know, kind of fortune cookie length responses, <clears throat> excuse me. And I wasn't I knew I wasn't doing it justice. 
an email response to a complex issue just was not doing it justice. And so I said that I can't do this. I'm not serving these people like I, I know I want to. And I really found that I had a passion for this. I had a passion for really wanting to help people get from wherever they are to wherever uh, they wanted to go. Um, most times it involved weight loss, fat loss mm -hmm. specifically. So I wrote a book. It was almost 500 pages. Um, in that book, I, I discussed the nutritional components, the exercise and activity components, but a biggie that was not anywhere I had found in a book uh, was the emotional fitness components. So this was about now 1999, and I went online with a program. Uh, we had to be either the first or one of the very first programs to take nutrition and, and wellness and weight management coaching online. We did that, been doing that ever since. And honestly, you know, I was, I think, so in 99, I was 34. I'm more passionate today about this and helping people than I was even then. It's just that I now know a whole lot more, thank goodness. Because when I think about what I knew then compared to what I know now, it's a little cringeworthy. It sounds uh, so logical. And I think that's where people get so frustrated. They try the different programs and they don't work. It doesn't seem to fit. How is your program different? So one of the, here's the thing for the, for any listener who is frustrated mm -hmm. with this process, for any listener who's frustrated with, you know, false start after false start, just know you're not alone and know that no matter what people post on Instagram, most people do not have this figured out. And it's with good reason. What's been delivered over the past 50 years in nutritional messaging and weight management mes messaging by um, health educators, professionals, uh, government entities, you know, the food guide pyramid here in the United States, uh, my healthy plate, so on and so on and so on. I'm not saying those things are bad. What I'm saying is the messaging has been simplified to the point that it is inappropriate, simplified to the point that it is ineffective. So telling people, for example, you know, that this is a, just a personal responsibility thing. You just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and eat less and exercise more calories in calories out. That messaging has been around for 50 years. And what's happened over the past 50 years in 1970, in the United States, we had an obesity rate of about 15%. Today in 2023, it's 43%. Wow. So it's, we, you know, it's been like two and a half times, we're two and a half times as a society, um, uh, more people obese than we were in 1970. So what's happened? Well, when you, as I, as I talk about just a few of these things, it's not surprising that we are where we are. Again, eat less and exercise more calories and calories out. As a math problem, that is accurate, meaning people are, are not so hard to figure out from a metabolic uh, uh, review, meaning, you know, how many calories does somebody need to maintain their weight? How many calories does somebody need to gain weight, to lose weight? The math is not that hard to figure out. Don't get me wrong. There's, you know, individual differences and we're all, you know, a little different in that way. But just as when, you know, any of us goes to a, a doctor, we're all different, but we're similar enough that medicine can work with us. We're all human. We all have a heart in generally XYZ position. We have a liver, we have kidneys. So we have enough similarity that medicine can figure us out for the most part. It's that way when it comes to looking at caloric and energy balance, you know, energy intake, energy expenditure. So that's all well and good. And I just say that to lay a premise that there is an equation, there is an energy input, energy output that if we can follow it, if we can do it, we can go to any healthy weight we want. We can go to any weight we want. We can go up, we can stay the same, we can go down. And that's fine. But that's the calories in, calories out, eat less, exercise more. What's missing is everything else. And the everything else is, how do we do it? That's fine. All right, Dave, you're telling me that, you know, this is a, an equation and the equation can be solved for each person. And it doesn't take that long and it's not that hard to figure out. Great. So then why isn't everybody fit? I mean, why isn't everybody lean? Why isn't everybody at a healthy weight? Because we live in the real world, you know, and in this real world, I'm going to use a big word here, but I'll, 
I'll, I'll explain it. And you're, you know, some of your listeners may have heard it before too, but obesogenic, we live in an incredibly now, our modern environment is an incredibly obesogenic environment. And that just means it's all of the factors, all of the factors within us, but mostly external to us that drive us to overconsume. All of those factors contribute and are the basis for why we are where we are and why it's so difficult to work through it. So you ask, well, how is my program different? We look at the obesogenic environment. We make sure that our, our clients know what are we facing? What's really going on? What are those obesogenic factors? And we, edu we educate them on that so that they know it's not just, well, just do the math, just eat less and exercise more. You know, you should be able to figure this out. It's not supposed to be that hard. When we know what the obesogenic factors are, then we can deal with them. We can work with them. We can counter them and we can win this. So we educate our students on nutrition because that's a huge factor in this. Mm -hmm. um, we educate our students on movement, activity, exercise, all things combined. And then, as I said, we educate our students on what I, what I just referred to collectively as emotional fitness. And that is all of the elements that go into us feeling authentically good. And I say, I, I use that word on purpose, authentically good, because there are a number of things that can have us feel what I call regretfully good. Like in the moment, you know, bear with me, you know, eating an entire pizza might feel good, but it's probably going to be a regretfully good you know, afterwards we go, Oh, you know, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Food guilt. People Food have guilt. It. Right. <laughs> we, we can, absolutely. Yeah. So there's a, that's a regretfully good. And we can, we can do, we can go into a, you know, a, a, a shopping therapy. We can gamble. We can um, there's a number of things we can do that have us feeling afterwards, perhaps regretfully good. I'm emotional fitness is about what are the things that can have us feeling authentically good and that help us to be better life managers? Because here's the deal. I can teach you what you need to know about nutrition in about an hour to get through this. I can teach you what you need to know about exercise and movement, just general daily activity in about an hour. But for those two things to consistently deliver the math that I talked about, energy expenditure, energy intake, so that you can take your weight anywhere you want it for the nutrition and exercise components to stay consistent. It's the emotional fitness leg of the stool that is going to keep those two on pace and, and consistent. When you've had that stressful day, when you've had the stressful event, when you've had the whatever, it could be celebratory, it could be grieving, it could be anxiety, it could be whatever it may be where the emotion is heightened you know, uh, or significantly reduced. In those moments, if our emotional fitness is better shored up, stronger, then we're, we're more likely to make the better decision on nutrition. We're more likely to make the better decision on um, activity and keep those two on pace because it is the nutrition and activity components, the calories in, calories out, the math that is going to get us where we need to go, but they aren't going to stay consistent if we don't have the right kind of support and emotional fitness and, and the elements related to that to keep those two on pace. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Now, what I have noticed, and I've, I've heard professionals talking about this, there didn't seem to be as much of a, an obesity problem in North America, like in the 1960s and 70s, but it really has escalated 
in the past number of decades. What has led to that? Is it the type of food people are eating? Are people not emotionally fit? What are the components? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. So I'd say let's start off with something that we can't control that's hardwired in us biologically. But I, but I like to say it, I'm a big fan of what can we control? So let's, let's do the things that we can control because that, that's empowering and all that. But we at least should have a, a, an understanding that as humans, we are biologically hardwired to be driven toward calorie-dense foods. And the reason for that is that helped us to stay alive in periods hundreds, thousands of years ago when food wasn't always plentiful. We might not eat for two days. We might not eat for a day. We may not eat for five days. So when we could eat, we were driven biologically to go to uh, calorie-dense foods so that we could store some fat so that we had a little bit of reserve during the periods where we didn't have access. Well, that's just not the case now. So you, I think just being aware of that and knowing that that exists is like, okay, one of the things we're fighting, because I said, we, we teach our students what they're up against. Well, one of the things we're up against is just this drive, just know that there's this drive for calorie dense food. So you go, okay, that's there. Not a lot I can do about it other than be aware of it and know that's one of the factors. Another one is just our habits. You know, we do things very routine and, and about, you know, 90, 95% of what we do in a day is habitual. It's just habit-based, it's conditioned. Mm -hmm. And thankfully that's the case because otherwise we'd have too much in the front of our brain to have to think about, you know, if I had to think about how I brush my teeth every time, that would be really tough. You know, it, it would drain energy. It, it, it would not be efficient. If I had to think about, I grab the soap bar and I wash my left shoulder first, you know I mean? So we don't, we don't want to do that nor, you know, anybody, and I know you guys are super familiar with driving, but sometimes you can get from point A to point B without even remembering how you got there. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's subconscious. So that's, that's habitual, that's habits. So we have habits though, with regard to nutrition exercise or, or fitness and weight management that can serve us or not serve us. And it's just become something we do. It's habitual. So there are habits is something that um, we need to consider. So, all right. So habits are something we can change. We need to become aware of them. What are they? And then we need to look at how can we make the habits we want to do more noticeable, easier, more pleasurable? And how can we make the habits we don't want to do uh, less noticeable, harder, not as pleasurable? And so there are strategies for kind of working on the habits. A huge one that so few people are talking about, huge, is processed food addiction. And I say that specifically, again, words chosen carefully, processed food addiction. No one's addicted to chicken breast and broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> or Brussels sprouts. Or Brussels sprouts. Right? Oh, you're funny. <laughs> no one is, no one says, I feel emotional. Give me a chicken breast and some broccoli. No. Right. You know, sure. yeah. I, I want the chocolate pudding, man. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and, and I'll, and I'll say I'm giving it a little bit of leeway when I say processed food addiction, but really it's ultra processed food addiction. So what people are unaware of is this, think of it this way. This is a huge thing. Let me give the, my definition of real food because everything else is processed and probably, probably ultra processed. And, and I'm not saying, by the way, when I say this, that any listener or myself or anybody has to eat only real food. When I give this definition, I'm not saying, and that's it. That's all you get to eat ever. You never should eat ever, ever, ever eat any ultra processed food. No, but the definition of real food is this is going to help give um, the, the information we need to understand processed food addiction. Real food is, and I'll say this a couple of times, the whole or minimally processed edible parts of plant and animal that if anything else is added to it, it is only those things commonly found in kitchens. Let me say it again. Whole or minimally processed edible parts of plant and animal where the only thing that's been added to it, if anything, are those things commonly found in kitchens. So if it's a jar of marinara, for example, and the ingredients are tomatoes, salt, basil, garlic, oregano, it's food, it's real food. Mm -hmm. Right, even though it's packaged, it's real food. So there are plenty of packaged foods that are real food. They're processed because they have to be processed to be put in the jar. Right. But they are still real food. 
everything else is probably ultra processed if it's not real food. It's the things that I think it was you, Shelly, that, that said, I'm not sure. I don't want to put words in whoever's mouth that said, it's the, give me the pudding, you know? That was uh, me, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So it's like- My pudding addiction. Right. So it's like, it's like the, give me the donut, give me the pizza, give me the whatever, whatever the thing is, the thing that everybody knows, the chips that you know, it just goes on and on. Yeah. You guys, anybody listening knows what I'm talking about. It's going to mm-hmm. be the thing that you find yourself going to when- things are stressful, when things are celebratory, when things are depressing, when things are um, sad, when things are feel overwhelming, um, when you want some relief at the end of the day, you feel like you just want to check out, you want to on and on and on. Again, we don't go to chicken breast and broccoli or Brussels sprouts. So no. mm. processed food addiction is huge. And what happens is, and what people are unaware of is because it is a substance addiction. We, if we're unaware and we keep listening to the, the, the message that's gotten us from 15% obesity in 1970 to 43% today of, if we keep listening to the message of all things in moderation, everybody's heard that all things in moderation, there are no bad foods. I'm not saying there are bad foods. I don't look at things as food as good or bad. I look at, now that you guys know my definition of real food and everything, just about everything else is ultra processed. What I say is it's not whether it's good or bad. Let's not put that on it. It's not about trying to figure out, is this healthy or not? I don't even go that route. What I say is this, is it real food and does it work for you? And what I mean by that is, let's just take peanuts, for example. You've got a a jar canister of peanuts and and the ingredients are peanuts and salt. It's real food by my definition, but does it work for you? And I, you know, I can ask you, you know, maybe you guys know something about yourself. I know like for me and peanut butter, it can be ingredients, peanuts, and salt. Let's say it's a natural peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And if I'm really wanting to get lean or I'm really whatever, peanut butter for me isn't going to work. It's yeah, but it's real food. It doesn't work for me. And the reason it doesn't work for me is I will overeat it. I, a serving for me is a, is a tablespoon that is about three and a half, four inches high. You know, yeah, I mean, you only had one tablespoon, but I didn't tell yeah, you how, yeah, how yeah, big yeah, of a I had one <laughs> tablespoon and it was about a half cup. <laughs> right. And so it's real food, but in that way, I, you know, I, it, I may overeat it. It doesn't work for me. You know, nuts can be that way. Someone can say, we can look at, you know, the nuts and you say, um, is it real food? You look at the ingredients. You go, yes, it's real food. Does it work for you? No, I eat the whole jar at a time or I eat, or I eat too much of whatever. So you've got kind of a couple aspects there. Um, you know, does it work for you? But also there could be an allergy. Again, someone could have a peanut allergy or you could have something else, but the allergy is probably not as common as with respect to, does it work for you as do you overeat it? And so one of the things that we teach is if it's something, if it's real food, we don't want to stand our ground with fists clenched and go, it's real food. You said it was real food. Therefore it is, but does it work for you? And if your honest answer is no, then we say then for a period or at certain times or whatever, then zero is better than one. Okay. So at times for certain things, none is better than some. If you can't control it, And it's not, by the way, that is not a moral failing. When I say can't control it, it's because it is an addictive, it has an addictive quality to it. So there is no moral failing here. It's not your fault. We just look at it from an objective view and say, like a substance of abuse, whether it be alcohol, nicotine, other harder drugs, whatever it may be, if you have an addiction to that, it's not a moral failing that you have to abstain from it to win. Mm-hmm. So certain right. things in the, in the nutrition space, certain things in the food space, um, you may have to abstain to win. And it doesn't mean you have to abstain all the time. It may only be at certain times of the day. It may only be in certain conditions. It may only be at certain locations. It really varies. And we help our, we help our clients develop um, a plan that is personal for them in that regard, if that's even necessary. Because I don't want to make it sound like, Every single person that comes in is treated like an addict and they all have to do, you know, just nothing but abstinence. 
and they never get to eat anything that tastes good ever again. That's definitely not the case at all. Um, but we do consider it. And most programs don't consider processed food addiction. They, they still adopt the all things in moderation. There's no, no, no such thing as bad. They still use that term, bad and good, healthy and unhealthy. Right. And again, just to make it clear, I, I, can't, I can't stress this enough. It's not about healthy, unhealthy, bad, or good. It's, is it real food and does it work? So the, I'm going to, I'm going to hush because I want <laughs> I know that I'm monologuing here, but, no, no, no. Um, That's fine. but that, these are just, these are just some, there's a, there's a, you know, a couple more worth considering, but these are just some of the major factors, you know, that, uh, that are, that drive obesity because they are obesogenic, you know, because processed food itself is addictive for many people that in and of itself is obesogenic, meaning oh, sure. obesity promoting the fact that these substances of abuse are addictive, they drive a higher likelihood of obesity. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. David, in our previous segment, you were saying that processed foods are obesogenic. They cause a huge part of the problem with weight gain. They add sugar to so many of the processed foods. And, and then you've got the added thing, the tactile response. It's crunchy. That's fun to crunch on stuff. It's much more fun to crunch on, say, a, a bag of Doritos than sit down with celery. How can we substitute and, and really get turned on by crunching on celery, <laughs> which right. is better for us? <laughs> it's, yeah, absolutely. It's, and, and it's a great question. So one of the things that we just, again, just kind of in this, in this same vein, one of the things we help our, our clients focus on is if the one of the, one of the tenants I have on the emotional fitness side is focus on what you want, not on what you fear or don't want. And so one of the things that we're going to want and try to help our clients to do is to develop what we call their, their why, or help them develop why power. And the reason for that is because, you know, it's a great question. How can we get ourselves to more often? Again, I want to make sure I'm saying that not everyone. And, and, and even if it is the, the people that need to abstain from time to time, it doesn't mean you can never, ever, ever have again, you know, the, the other thing that you liked, it was crunchy, salty and all that. And you have to live on celery your whole life. But mm -hmm. if we're going to move more in that direction to get the results we want, we have to look at not just what we're giving up. If we focus, Mary, I said, focus on what you want, not on what you fear or don't want. If we focus on all the things we're giving up, if that's our focus, the majority of the time, we're going to move in a direction that doesn't support winning with regard, sure. winning with respect to, you know, getting to a healthy weight and living there because we're too focused on the negative. We're too focused on all the give ups. What we, and what we've got to have is a super strong why. And then you were asking, how are we different? We help our clients develop their why so that their why is incredibly strong because it has to be. And the reason let me say, let me, let me, let me come at it this way. And I'll ask, I'll just, I'll, I'll ask you to, cause I, you know, I, I'm already going to know the answer. I think anyway, how often are you guys late for work? I'm never, um, never. Yeah. Exactly. When I, when I was 19, that wasn't true, but <laughs> right, 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 right. You're forgiven youth, the whole thing. Yeah. And it's, but that's almost always the case. I've pulled my clients and other people, you know, it's almost never. And you go, all right, if you've got children, if you do, when was the last time they needed you to pick them up from school and you just blew it off? Never. Right. Mm -hmm. I ask a parent, they're like, yeah. never. Or, mm -hmm. oh my God, one time I was 10 minutes late and I, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, punish myself or, or whatever the case is that you, you sure. can be a human. 
But generally speaking, 99.9% .9 of the time, the answer is never. And I look at, you look at those two things and you go, you look at all of the pain and negative sometimes it is to go to work, um, especially when you, know, when you work for someone else. But you, you got to go to work. So you're never late. And you, you know, so do you always go when you're feeling in a good mood? No, no, mm -mm. you always go no. only when you feel, you know, perfectly well and you don't have, you know, a, you know, a sore throat or I mean, no, do you only go when, you know, things at home and the relationships at home are always happy. You, you know, if the relationships are strained at home, you just say, I'm not going to work. No, you still go. And the reason you go to work and you're there on time and you do it is because your why for the benefits of going to work and what you get from it are so strong that you will do it. And, and this is kind of the definition of willpower. You'll do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, whether you feel like it or not. Yeah. And part of this, you're kind of going back to the celery thing is we want to get our focus on all the good that we're going to get, get our focus on where we want to go, where we want to be the person we want to be, how we envision ourselves when we're at the, uh, you know, the, the better health, the better weight, the better fitness. And we want to focus on those things um, so that we are more driven to it. We have to have a why because our obesogenic environment is so strong because the forces, the external forces, think about all the advertising, think about all the fast food restaurants, convenience marts, marketing, all the stuff, social events, just the way it's thought of with regard to celebrations and parties and it's all around us every day, 24 seven. And, you know, if we are talking, you know, talking at least for a, just a moment about say the trucking industry, you talk about eating on the road and, and the restaurants and all of the, all the, the opportunities there are to more easily, you know, um, consume the ultra processed, uh, highly addictive things. Sure. We have to have a why that is incredibly strong because and, yeah, and I think focus where it belongs. That affects people in every industry. When you think about it, convenience it is something people mm -hmm. don't have the time. Um, Kathy, you were saying that weight loss, weight gain, all of that. It's, it's a, a battle uh, that a lot of drivers where you work are, are having. Yeah. Well, in, in heavy equipment, um, uh, the industry of the trades, we, you sit in equipment, like where I work, um, Dave, just to give you a, an idea, is I, I work in Northern Canada. So we fly up here, uh, we live in a camp and we were here for, for 14 days. We work 13 hour shifts. I leave at 5.15 at night. I get back at 7.15 in the morning. Um, the kitchen that, that is here, all the food is supplied all the the, the portions are all pre-cut so you just can go in the lunchroom and grab whatever you want there's a whole section that's all pastries and cookies and donuts and all that crap um when you go in the kitchen lineup they they literally they slap the food on and you you, you can walk out with a mountain a plateful so people have this plateful of food what do they do they eat it all and 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 as like um you can pick and choose. Of course, you have, you know, the fruits and the vegetables and, and all that. But it's people tend to gravitate to the pastries. <laughs> now, um, sitting in equipment, you're not, you know, by the time you get off the equipment in the morning or at night, whenever you're tired, you're sore. And they built us just recently, two months ago, they built us the biggest gym and it's got the basketball court. It's got the, they, they brought in personal trainers. They brought in, they set up classes. They got, you know, all this amazing gym. Um, there's only a fraction of people that go. Now I personally, I have uh, two years ago, I have a, I became celiac and um, it, it really limits my, my diet intake, which is fabulous because it taught me all about food. I knew nothing. And now like I eliminated uh, all meat. I'm like, I'm basically vegan. I can't handle any dairy, you know, all these things. So it just made me re reassess things. But although you can do all the, the, the proper food and eating, and yes, I lost weight. Um, I still have a, a, a thought. I have no thyroid. I, have, you know, I'm 55. I'm going to be 54. My, my, my metabolism shifted sitting in equipment is not healthy. Um, and, or trucking for long hours, right. It doesn't matter what, what kind of, job so I have to push myself 
to, to get up earlier and go to the gym and do stretching and sign up for the classes. And what I have found, like just simply doing things like yoga, am I good at it? No, I have zero balance. I keep topping over. I'm like, you know, like how the heck do they do that? But it's, it's the mental habit that I've created for myself that has made the shift in everything that I do, that I do. Not only does it benefit me physically, um, it has helped me with um, depression and it has helped me shift through um, different, because ha- I'm a recovering alcoholic. I have uh, almost 11 years sober and I find if I don't keep myself on top of it, I shift my addiction from the same uh, addictive behavior that my thinking patterns when I was drinking to after work, I'll go, like I was saying earlier, I'll go grab five chocolate puddings, not just one. I'm going to grab five and I'm going to bring them back to my room and I'm going to sit there and eat them, not all five, but maybe three, you know, per se, because of that same mental attachment. So I've had to really step back and reevaluate everything that I do and why I'm doing it exactly what you've been talking about. And I found that it's made a big impact and so on on who I am as a person. So I'm trying to here at work, help steer my co-workers when, oh, you know, I'm too tired to go to the gym. Yeah, you know what? I'm tired too, but it's going to make a big difference in how you approach your job at night, believe it or not. So. And, and Kathy, the, you know, I, the things you were talking about there, um, all of those things and more, you know, we help our clients solidify into that, into their why. And mm-hmm. because it's really easy to forget, it's, you know, it's like at times, oh, it you is. Can, right. You can be like, ah, I am really motivated for this reason and this positive reason. And it does make me feel better in this way. And I do this and I feel this. And, and it then does you give slide me- down that slippery slope slowly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Habits, right? <laughs> and then we, yeah, well, and because we are talking about an addictive substances like the chocolate pudding and the various things, the pastries and all that, those are the ultra processed addictive substances. You know, they're the, the cues and the reward and the craving and, and the dopamine response. There's a lot of brain activity going on. Again, it's not about fault, it's not about being weak willed. And that's one of the things I wanted to say about that why power and making sure that it's, you know, fully developed um, and that it is it's a living document. So it's always like being updated. It's always being refined. It's always being reviewed. That's what we recommend anyway, because it's too easy in this area that uh, if someone has been struggling with their weight a long time, it's too easy to fall in that into that amnesia state where you're like, "Ah, I don't even remember why this matters, you know, or I barely do, or, you know, does it really matter? And then you look at your why, so to speak, and you go, oh gosh, it really does matter for these, uh, you know, all of these reasons. And the reason we want that is because I, I brought up the, are you ever late for work? Do you ever, are you ever late picking up your kids from school or whatever? The things where people really rely on you and the things that really matter to you, you know, people that have advanced degrees or whatever the case may be, anything that was incredibly hard to accomplish, whatever it may be, learning a trade, it doesn't matter what it is. Anything that was really hard, mm-hmm. the person, if they did it, they did it and went through all the sleepless nights and all of the work and all of the hours and all of the sacrifices because their why for what was on the backside mm-hmm. was worth it. Sure. And so when people say, and I want to make sure any listener knows, you're not lacking willpower. You've, you go to work on time. You're never late. You pick up your kids. You're never late. You've accomplished other things, regardless of what it is that were difficult. You've done those things. You've demonstrated you have incredible willpower when the why power is driving it. So with the obesogenic environment, having so many external forces working against us, going to get that why, going to get it developed, going to keep working on it, going to keep looking at it, going to keep it so that it's a reminder and going to get it so that it is driving willpower. Because again, willpower, just kind of in the most simple form, let's do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, whether we feel like it or not. Then, you know, we're bringing in all of these elements while we're doing that, we're looking at things in the emotional fitness spectrum, you know, um, so that people can feel authentically good more often so that they're better life managers so that, you know, when that end of day comes and like you're talking about, you know, Kathy, you're talking about end of day and all the hours and tired and whatever else has gone on that was stressful and everything else, um, you can make the better decision mm-hmm. and stay and stay yeah. true to what you end up learning 
is, you know, good nutrition and, uh, you know, good activity habits. None of it needs to be extreme. It doesn't. No, Nobody needs you to don't have a, to go for two and a half, two hours a day. We go, even sometimes the classes are 45 minutes. The fact that you walk halfway, it takes like 10 minutes to get to the gym. The fact that you're, you're walking there is a big thing but also mm -hmm. what helps is having a support system like my coworkers. okay we have a team okay i'll meet you there and if you don't go well then you know you, you get uh a tease for like hey where were you right or you'll get texted hey get your ass over here excuse right. my language right. Sorry. yeah yeah <laughs> you know accountability like that. that support yeah. that yeah accountability is a big thing you mm -hmm. know and and not just to the team but to yourself like I, I'm going to Machu Picchu in October and I've convinced a couple of coworkers to come with me on a five day hike. Well, here we are. So now we started training for that. So we, 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 it gives us that goal to work towards not just the Y power. Okay, yep. Yeah. That Y power. Machu Picchu is a big hike and can't just think you're going to show up and not, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. you know, so we, we, we're preparing ourselves and that helps my why while I'm here, uh, I'm, I'm not going to eat that pudding because I got to climb up the freaking mountain. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right. yes. Step away from the pudding, Kathy. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's so incredibly important. So, you know, coming at all of this comprehensively without making it overwhelming, meeting meeting someone where they are, again, mm -hmm. and saying, you know, Kathy's going to be different than Shelly, going to be different than somebody else. Somebody, you know, started with me two days ago was over four hundred pounds. They're at a different place with their fitness, with their with their nutrition, and the person who is an avid exerciser who's got their nutrition 85% on point, but is still 15 pounds above where they want to be. They've been frustrated for two years. They can't mm -hmm. get the 15 pounds off, but they do many things quite well. Those are two different people. And we, we want to meet them where they are. The principles, the fundamentals, as, I, as we say, are the same. However, the, the art of the application, there's a science and an art to this, the art of the application um, excuse me, is, is really important. And for, for both parties, like you were talking about, you know, accountability is, is good in areas where we aren't naturally inclined. Like I bet for everyone listening, there are things that no one has to tell you twice to do it. It's just something you do, you know, it's just, it's something in your wheelhouse or it's something you feel incredibly strongly about. You don't even realize you have a strong why for it, but you do, or it's just something you're naturally good at, like to do, you enjoy it whatever sure. the case may be mm -hmm. for the area that we, we aren't naturally inclined. And if we've been struggling to get to a healthier weight, to get progress, at least toward a healthier weight, even though, even though we have self-committed self-promised or whatever, that is something we really want to do. If we're not doing that, then it is telling that we are, we don't have all that we need in place and having an accountability partner who cares about you, who mm -hmm. wants your goal, you know, for you, you know, almost as much as you do, sometimes more than you do having a, we all do better with an accountability partner when we're talking about those areas that aren't natural for us. Sure. But in the trucking world, you're alone driving in your truck. You have to be your own accountability partner. And that's, that's where the problem is. That's where the mental process where you have to to push yourself to say no i'm not doing this for anybody else it's for me because it's too easy to just sit there and not do the stretches and not maybe run around your truck or or you know create a new program for yourself so that's where the battle lies sure. and um, i think everything that you do david is is going to be really helpful to all our listeners because I think it'll sh maybe help shift that thinking process, that little pattern that you're like, whoops, no, no, let's not go this way. Let's come back here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's try a new road. <laughs> and this fits with anybody, no matter what their career. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of people who sit in front of a, a computer all the time. Yeah. And, same and thing. Yeah. so they have some of the same challenges. And I, I love your perspective, David, because I think a lot of people, when they can't reach their ideal weight, they start guilting themselves. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're weak-willed or lazy. They hear right. those words in their head and that just undermines their motivation and their weight loss efforts. So you're giving them hope, which is essential. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up.
Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in Northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Now, you work with people remotely, am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. I have since 1999, 23 years exclusively remotely. And, um, and the other thing I would just want to say, you know, just to, to Kathy and others with regard to accountability, the thing that's cool, because I've, I have been virtual for 23 years, is providing accountability when I can't be there right next to you physically. There is, mm -hmm. there is we all have phones. And one of the ways that we help with accountability is giving at times and at all the times there's, there are certain levels of accountability, but sometimes there's a heightened level of accountability where we are on a text basis, texting, where we're looking for this and it isn't something we would do 24, seven, 365, because there's only so many you know, people and so many resources, but it is a level that is, that is possible. And while no, I can't physically come grab you and have you, you know, make the better choice. If you know you're being checked on and then you also are being asked and you willingly decide to check in with a coach or with somebody that you've got as accountability. The thing about a coach is that we're more trained to kind of, we want to be friendly. We want to be, we want it to be a good relationship. However, if we have to wear the black hat, as it's called from time to time, and just not be a jerk, but if we have to be a little bit more stern, um, not in telling you what to do, we're not anybody's warden or you know, anything like that. But if we have to be a little more stern and just saying, you know, like, come on, this is something you want to do for this reason and this reason, this reason, this reason. come on now, you know, let's, let's do this, then that still, that still applies. And it can be really, really effective Thankfully, it can be without us being right there. Um, mm -hmm. Where do people find you, David? So we are, the best way to find us is just go to lluniversity.com. Everything is there, any links to our social, any, any you know, if someone wants to reach out to me, ask a question, send an email, uh, lluniversity.com will get them to anywhere they want to go. And you have a book called The Leanness Lifestyle, am I correct? I do. I do. I, I published it in 2002. And what I've done is it's, it's like I say, it's almost 500 pages. And I would say about 90 to 95% of it is still a spot on. I feel about it today as I wrote it then. But what I've done is anything new, anything that's the most uh, up to date um, that I want to share is that's where I share it with, you know, our, our online, our on-campus you know, web portal. Um, where people, our members are able to log in and they have, that's where they have access to me, my coaches, uh, that accountability, this, the support, uh, the mm -hmm. motivation, the tools for goal setting. Um, it's, it's all there. And we're step-by-step, step, you know, LL University, we're an education-based program. So we are step-by-step, step, again, without overwhelming people. I don't want people to spend more than a few minutes on my site as a member. I want you to go live life offline sure. or whatever. Yeah. But it's all there, and, um, and, and yeah, that's, that's where it's at. I really love your perspectives. I think this is going to help a lot of people. Oh, it just absolutely. makes so much sense. 
Yeah. And I hope that uh, that's, you know, I hope, and thank you so much, by the way, you know, for having me. I hope that, I hope that the message I get across is, is this, and sometimes it's hard, you know, in a, in a, in a segment, but I hope that everyone listening knows that if it's not your fault that you have struggled, it's the messaging has been inadequate. The message, some messaging has been outright lies. There's everything from good intention people that give, you know, half-baked answers and half-baked solutions and all things in moderation and just eat less and exercise more. And then there are outright charlatans and there's everything in between, but the messaging has not been adequate. It's not a wonder if you're not overweight or obese, it's almost surprising that you're not because of the obesogenic factors, the, all of those things uh, working um, against us that we can overcome. We can win this but not with the messaging and system that's been taught uh, to date. And I have the evidence for that is again, 43% obesity now compared to 15% in 1970. That says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. I'll leave my part with just this. You can win this. You can, I am more hopeful now today, even in the crazy world we're all living in than I was 20 years ago. And it's because I have such a better understanding. I can communicate that so much better as far as what we're really facing. And we have the strategies in place that are within your control to get a handle on exactly, you know, what you're feeling, how to, how to manage life better, how to really understand what's really going on with nutrition, what's really working for you. Um, and also how to kind of put it all together so that you still get to live life. You know, again, no one's, no one wants to just live on chicken breast and broccoli. We're not addicted to it, but we don't also just want to just live on that. There is life to be lived and food is a part of our life. It's a part of celebration. It's a part of, you know, every, everything. So we take all of that in consideration. I just want to encourage anyone, whether you, you do my program or whatever, if it's got the right components, the right education and the right everything, you can win this. Uh, don't ever give up. Thank you so much, David. You have been a wonderful resource here, and I think you're going to help a lot of our listeners. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on TNCRadio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors. It's free. All of the material you hear on TNCRadio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of TNCRadio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at TNCRadio.live.